Oh, we are we are due a theme song, not a theme song, a, an intro jingle. A theme song would also be good. <laughs> a theme song would be glorious. It's not just we are recording for you. <laughs> no, if we had a jingle, I think that would help with. Welcome back to the Pudding Boys, everyone. I'm Blore. I'm Naylor. This week I've been, I was saying to Naylor, I've been trying to classify what the Pudding Boys is in an attempt to better, not better market it, but better like describe and structure it. But because the Pudding Boys isn't like a podcast about a thing, it's difficult. Yeah, we don't know enough about anything. And I don't want to do the research. No. We, we, we want to cast a fairly strong, fairly quick opinion on the event of the day. Yeah. And then forget all about it. We don't want... We don't uh, want to have to understand the long-term ramifications of I don't things. want people to be pulling me up on what I say because I'm supposed to be an expert on it. No, I'm fairly sure I've contradicted myself like since episode 10. I think I've probably contradicted myself this morning. Oh, in this in the ten seconds that this has been when played. we go back to Iron Maiden, I'm gonna end up contradicting myself almost immediately. <laughs> if you're new here, I wanna let's get this uh the, the structure of the pudding boys cemented a little bit. If you're new here There isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> there there almost isn't one, but recently there's there's been a glimmer of hope in this kind of morning talk show, radio show without music or radio we talk about music, we just don't play you Sometimes we talk about music, but we'll also talk about video games, we'll talk about Lego, any kind of hobbies. Paddington's dad. Trains, pudding, obviously. Vic. A lot of food. A lot of food. A lot of food. But the, the structure is a short talky segment, what we're doing now, like an intro slash what we've been doing recently. Yeah, followed it's just by, a bit of a warm-up, really, isn't it? Yeah. You, you kind of get to... You basically get to watch us as we sit down. Again. Listen to us. Yeah, watch us through words. If someone's watching us, I'm a little bit upset because <laughs> I taped over my webcam for a reason. Yeah. Mine's staring into the weird little bathroom in PBHQ. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to see something. So we've got we've got a talky bit. Then we've got what we have just... We only started this last week. Numbers of the Beast, where we're going back through every Iron Maiden album. We'll get into that later. And then we've got the mainstay... The thing that will be here till the end. The pudding of the week. Basically, we kill time for 20 minutes until an elderly gentleman turns up and gives us something weird made out of, you know... Well, he doesn't even always give us stuff if he can't be bothered. No, if he doesn't... If he's had a bad week or, you know, the vapours have hit him a bit hard, he'll just tell us about it. So, yeah, pudding of the week comes at the end of the show and that's when our guest, Thomas Lethbridge, shows up and talks to us about a pudding of the world and Naylor ranks it on a scale that seemingly makes no sense. Let's jump into this first bit. What I've been kind of doing this week, other than trying to justify and classify what the Pudding Boys is, I've been, I went back to Dragon Quest XI, the video game okay. on PS4. Um, and I was about, I think I was 20 hours in when I stopped playing it in August. August is when I last played it, of 2021, yeah. obviously. And I had gotten so far in. Well, let's go back even further. I bought it, and then a better version came out with more backstories for the characters, and better soundtrack and some more uh, quality of life adjustments. But I was, I, I think I paid almost full price for it. So yeah, I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not paying for it again, even though I never got round to playing it 
So I'm playing the kind of nerfed version of it. Yeah. So is it Square Enix that does Dragon Quest? No. Who is it that does Dragon Quest? Dragon... I think it might be. quicker than me. Dragon Quest Makers <coughs> Programmer Studio. It is. It's Enix. Okay. Um, so, fuck you, Square Enix. Because, you know, you released a better version of a game that I'd already paid for. It's kind of my own fault, but fuck you. That's, yeah, that's it's the a, kind of thing that could be fixed. Some of the things, the yeah, it could be a patch. Yeah. I mean, the extra quests, sure, sell that separately. But the whole, they did, they redid the soundtrack with an, a live orchestra. And it's like a MIDI on that's the version I've got. And it kind of a weird flex. Yeah, but it sounds they, so much better. Yeah, but it's kind of a weird thing to do after you've released the game. Yes, yeah, especially when things like Nino Kuni sounded so good. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm saying, um again. But I went back to Dragon Quest. It's not the S version, I think. It's called Dragon Quest S, um, the better version. It's not that. It's just the standard version on PS4. I was 20 hours in, stopped playing it. I only stopped playing it because I got another game. I think I might have gotten Pokemon Snap or... Um, maybe um, I started playing Hades. I'm not about sure. Right for summer, doesn't it? Snap. Yeah, something happened. I started playing that game instead, and I thought oh, it's fine. There's some games like Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto where I know that I can't come back to it because Rockstar seem to think that you've got twelve fingers on each hand, and. You can access the muscle, every... the muscle memory is incredible with those. Rocks, I honestly believe Rockstar don't know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to controlling. I don't know what a human hand looks like. Yeah, I think I lost Red Dead Redemption for that exact reason. You're grappling with a controller. You got to put it in a headlock yes. and then you slap the balls like, down on the face out buttons. Of your metal. Yeah, and then get someone else to like if do you, the controlling. If you ever need to touch the touchpad with your tongue while <laughs> while holding down every other button on the controller, it's wrong. Do you remember when Dragon Force used to play guitars with look like they were playing guitars with their faces? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It sounds better. Yes. When you play that with control with your tongue, but Yeah. I so uh, I when I give up on a whoops. <laughs> that's the first time that's happened. Yeah, when I give up on a uh, Rockstar game, or not give up, when I stop playing it for a while, I know I can't come back. Yeah, I'm well, gonna can't come to back easily. I'm going to have to restart Red Dead. Yes. I can't recover. And I can't be bothered to because that yeah. intro is so long. Yeah, it's a So Red burn. Dead 2, I'm afraid, is done for me, really. There's too much else to play. You're kind of right as well. 20 hours is a weird... It's a weird tipping point. Because I did that, you know, with the original Nino Kuni. Yes. It's nowhere near as like, long and complex. But I got to about the 15, 20 hour mark, had a break. And then came And down. I just started to get the muscle memory that was making me good at the game. Yeah. Now that wasn't such a learning curve. You only need two hands and the normal fingers. Yeah, Nino Kuni is made to actually play, not yeah. wrestle with. Yeah, I thought Dragon Quest would be dead easy because it's it's even less complex than the. Now you're dropping stuff. It's even less complex than Nino Kuni because it's it's a standard turn-based RPG. It's yeah. very retro in that respect. But I came back to it and I was like, "What the shit is going on?" Some of the characters were controlling themselves. The skill trees looked too complicated for me. I had no idea what was going on. I kind of forced it out because I wanted to get back into it because it is a very pretty game. Hmm. A lot of people's reviews would have you believe that it's perfect. It's not. It's kind of... um, Oh, how do you describe it? It's been done a million times by Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and every other 
turn-based RPG. The story is vanilla. Yeah, you're going to have to rip up a lot of trees to branch yeah. out in that kind of genre. Yes, and I, I realise, for me, as such a big fan of Nino Kuni 1 and 2, to say that the story is vanilla is a bit hypocritical. Yeah, well, um, you weren't playing that for... No, I wasn't playing that for the story. You I was playing, playing that for the, the voice acting. Yeah. Evan! <laughs> it's my turn! Mm. Yeah. That's one plan. And for the Joe Hitachi um, soundtrack. Yeah. The the guy that does the music for most Ghibli films did the soundtrack. Yeah, you were playing that for the, the atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, the game itself was basically window dressing to you just watching the film. Yes. <laughs> But I kind of I forced my way through it. I'm back into Dragon Quest. I've put an extra ten hours in now, and the game has kind of started properly. Started to flow back. Again it's, yeah, well, it's like... one of those things where it's like a hundred hour game. Um, it doesn't. It's not like it gets good around the thirty hour mark, like a lot of people said for Dragon. No, Final Fantasy Thirteen, the one with the pink haired lady. Hmm. I never got far enough for it to get good. Um, because I just didn't have time. I was at uni at the time. Yeah, you're still on sort of beginner island. And... Yeah, and I think. It was. I had that, and I also had Fallout Three, and so I, Fallout Three was like instant gratification. So I was playing that. Yeah, they were always a weird kind of curve, weren't they? I mean, you with Fallout, once you'd kind of got past about ten hours in any of them, yeah, you've kind of got it, and all you're doing is getting slightly quicker with your reactions. When I was thinking about Fallout the other day, because this this is all like I was thinking about all these different things to do with classic RPGs, Western and Japanese. I say classic, Fallout's not really classic. The first two probably are. Um, I was thinking about Scrim, Skyrim. And yeah, yeah. I was thinking, well, I, I, I leave Skyrim for huge amounts of time and then come back. Sometimes I start a new character, but most of the time I come back or I went back in, into the same character. I have a couple of characters now that have pretty much done everything in the game. Uh, apart from one that I've put the most time into, and it's like a really weird build where he only wears furs, but I duped the upgrading system so much that his furs are the are, are stronger than armor can actually register. So he's he's got basically, the strongest he can possibly be. Yeah, he's invisible. Um, and he goes around in little fur shoes <laughs> and like and a, like he's essentially naked, but with a loincloth on. It's kind of like a Conan the Barbarian fanfic type thing. Weird, like, dying uh, into Bloor's... Yeah. In a recess of Bloor's head. <laughs> he's, like, he's the... He's super red guard. He's awesome. But, like, that one's a, a weird build then. And I made sure I didn't do the magic uh, quests and stuff because I didn't want him to use any magic. Yeah. I'm getting off topic. You can go back to Scrim anytime you want because it's so basic in its control. The game has some depth. I know everyone says, oh, it's not Morrowind. It does it's have some depth. It's not meant to, though. That's no. what they were kind of going for. Was they were, it was too heavy for yeah. most people. To... It was too heavy for consoles. Yeah. So they, they lightened it up. But there is some depth there. But I think it's underappreciated how easy Skyrim is to just grab and play. Speaking of Fallout, I kind of find that a bit with that. Do you reckon? I can go back Fallout's to... the same? Yeah. I mean, I go back to four. You know, if for whatever reason, I am very bored. Mm. I'll drift back into four and just do like some settlement building kind of things. And, yeah. Um, and that's a similar kind of thing. After about half a day of farting about on it, you're kind of back in the groove enough that you can... It reminds me of, do you know when you were a kid and you only had like 10 games? Mm. Or 
probably had like five games at any time because you traded them in to get Yeah, yeah, you're not keeping them at that point. There was always a couple of games that you kept hold of and you just loaded up to just fart around in for a bit. Funnily enough, one of those games was always going to be like the first Grand Theft Auto or maybe the third Grand Theft Auto or maybe even Vice City. Vice City was my like late early teens kind of. Were we just better at picking them up as kids or did Rockstar lose the ability to understand hand I think they stopped point. bolting stuff on I don't feel like up to about in fact Vice City was PS2 wasn't yes. it I think what I was, had it on the original Xbox was it San Andreas that was the PS2 San Andreas PS2. that was still yeah. PS2 and then it went on to it feels like when they Three, left PS2 San Andreas and Vice City are all on PS2 yeah it feels like when they left PS2 you know original Xbox it kind of it drifted from being basically just you fart around the you, you, you know go hop in a car and, and you drive around trying at the tank or the helicopter yes basically. yeah and it kind of it's about the time that you started playing cutscenes and that kind of thing yeah I think maybe they you're right it may have bolted things up people say that um, about the new Pokemon games obviously they're not hard to pick up the children's games but Mechanics wise, they keep it? bolting I mean, things on. We were pretty heavy back around sort of black and white. Yeah. You know, even to the you know, to the point of we had the spreadsheets. Yes. And that was reasonably complex, but you could go away from it and not I could think I could pick up black and white too and understand You, you could know, yeah, you, you you're not gonna have any trouble jumping into a Pokemon game. However, when I was building my living decks, yes, I built a living decks. I had to go back to a lot of the older games and some of the nuances like flying around in uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, going to the theme parky place, mm. resetting Mystery Islands, things like yeah. just There was a lot of stuff that I clearly knew how to do back in the day, but I completely It's even like the forgot. underground... Like on this the underground one, in, in Diamond and Pearl, I yeah. kind of dibbed and dabbed into it. I feel like when I played it for the very first time, I spent a lot of time getting that. Yeah. This time, it was kind of, I went down when I needed something yeah. explicitly for the game. Yes. It's, it's strange. I don't know whether going back to games got harder or getting... Make, what am I saying? If games got more complicated to so go going back to them is harder or... I'm older and I find it harder to just pick up a game. Probably balance of both. Like you were saying though, I mean, if, if you think about like the collections that you had when you were kids. Yeah, you had a much smaller size 10 to 15 collection. and you've only got one console's worth. Yeah. So if you can operate, if you can operate N64 control, you've obviously got another arm. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, you, you know, you're pretty well versed in that. I mean, looking around this room now, if you swap between like the Wii U and... Even the Switch, you're swapping between two consoles from the same manufacturer. I find it difficult to turn the Wii U on and actually get right to the main. Yeah. I, I feel like a real old man with the Wii U. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's a mix of three things. Games are more complicated. For the most part, mm. I think they are. Yes, definitely. I'm getting older and I've got more things in my head. So I'm not constantly remembering all the games that I pick up and play. And I've played so many games that some of them start blurring yeah. and others I start forgetting. Like, it took me a good two hours to feel comfortable with Dragon Quest again. Well, when I went back, I've just looked, I've just clocked him in your cabinet. 
Really nice example, Spyro, you know when they remastered that? Yes. Absolute banger. Like, yeah, that, like was, that great. was a perfect. I feel like that's actually quite pick up and play. Exactly, and that, I mean, I they were one of the first games. When I was a kid, Spyro 2 was the first game that I saw 100% on yeah. PS1. And picked it up, dropped straight back in, and within about 15 minutes, it felt like I'd never really put it down. I played it probably once a year. It had been 20 odd years yeah. since the last time I touched a Spyro game. You're right. You're at Spyro and. What was the Crash one? Crash. Oh, Insane, the, Insane Trilogy. Trilogy yeah. You can pick that up and play it. But if when I tried to go back even to Mario Odyssey, because I completed Mario Odyssey when it came out, and yeah, I was like, oh, same. there's loads of moons that I can still get, and there's loads of fun still to be had. I put it in, I walked out of the spaceship, and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck you is going on. You would have to go back and play it from scratch. I think I, think I do, yeah. It's not like Mario 64 or Crash or Spyro. Do you know, even, um, you know, they did the 50, the, not 50 the anniversary all stars Mario blah 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 yes even Sunshine I Sunshine is crap out of Sunshine I, I remember not being very good at it in the first place though I, I, I've always found it a bit complicated but that I, it was the same kind of thing there was some some of them just didn't and Galaxy was the same actually yeah it, it should have been fresher than it was yeah so to answer to my proverbial question you've probably not got dementia despite what microsoft news is telling me on yeah on my login screen yeah i'm probably not going crazy but i th- i do you know what? i think it is more games are complicated games are more complicated yeah you have to stick a lot of stuff that, on now i think that's it. the biggest thing yes i've played more games yes maybe more time also passes between plays because when I looked at the save screen on Dragon Quest and it said you'd last played this in August, I was like, I swear it was last week. So it's a, it is a huge mixture of things, but I can still pick up the Insane Trilogy and yeah. play it all. I know everything about it. I know the nuances, you know. It's it's all there. But that's our little intro segment done. <laughs> <laughs> really? You're getting towards the checklist, aren't you? We'll have the time in next I, week. I'm going to, yeah. I think I have to checklist it, but did you notice we we introed, we said, I'm Blore and I'm Naylor. We did. It's almost like we've done this before. <laughs> no, we've like 17 episodes. I think I'm really just struggling with my own brain. Post Christmas. What you're hearing here is the slow degeneration of a man yeah. you know, hitting the prime of his maybe, life. Maybe that's what the Pudding Boys is. It's not a morning talk showy radio show without music. Maybe it's an observation at me rotting inside my own basically watching the aging process yeah oh this is dark yeah we just lost everyone (sighs) except that one weird kid yeah that one weird kid is (laughs) masturbating (laughs) let's not say kid then (laughs) dude one weird dude in America kid we've just established we're old men now kid is anyone below 30 kid is anyone below 40 I'm kid Yeah, yeah I suppose let's Trot on. Let's away, away from, from this quickly. Let's get away from masturbation and on to this week's Numbers of the Beast. It will be. A theme, a theme bit soon. Let's... Yeah, I'm probably not going to be able to work one out but for this episode, but I want to... I just want like a... Like a good, you know, I feel that's all <laughs> you need. Got that. Like just a big... <laughs> We, we'll just we'll pinch something out of when we used to be banned. Yeah, I'll we've have a look at something for next week. We could do that. This one. This is Killers. So we're, if you didn't know, we're going through all the Iron Maiden albums 
and we are ranking them for our own personal taste. We're not music historians, we're not classically trained musicians, anything like that. We're just revisiting old albums from some of our favourite bands. We're starting, we started really with Halloween, but we're, we're doing Iron Maiden on The Pudding Boys. And we're going through, trying to rank the albums in order of like, what the best album is to us. I've seen a lot of people say that this week's album, Killers, is their favourite Iron Maiden album. I think they're crazy, but I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying we are ranking them for us. Yeah, don't. So don't save tell yourself us some we, time. Because we weren't there. We aren't that no. quite old. We're not quite that old. Um, but I'll save yourself some time for typing out in the YouTube comment yeah, we section. We're not going to read them. I don't care if I'm wrong. No. We, <laughs> I we, can't we, be wrong. We'll get cross enough at each other as we did last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One of us controversially thought that Remember Tomorrow wasn't quite the best song in the world. Remember Tomorrow One of us is... doesn't understand Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera is for douchebags. It's and a bop. <laughs> Remember Tomorrow is a bop. Killers, 1981. The first thing that strikes me about Killers is how much good stuff there was on the table at that time. See, this is where we have to be really careful because we are doing this relative to the rest of their catalogue, aren't we? Yes. So, a, a one is a terrible song for Iron Maiden. Yeah. But could be a great song for My Chemical Romance. Yes. God, I age myself. Then. I think they're all probably <laughs> but, dead. But now, I think it's, it's worth noting some of the stuff that was out at the time. You yeah. could have gone to the record store uh, a year <laughs> earlier than Killers came out and bought Angel Witch by Angel Witch. Mm. There's, they're not equal. I know not all albums are equal, but holy shit. But the problem we've got with that is, like we were saying earlier... Was it just publication? That it was? No, I think it's just like... You know some bands do one great album? Yeah, oh yes, yeah. You're, you're buying Angel Witch, you're not buying that one they did in the 90s. But can you imagine if like you and your mate both went, one of you picked up Angel Witch by Angel Witch, and one of you picked up Killers by Iron Maiden... You're going to have, you know, the person that bought Angel, which is going to have a lot of a better time listening. That album is insane. It is. But it's absolutely insane. But what else did they do after Angel? Which? Yeah, this is and true. That's, this is kind of where I, I quite like the ranking within themselves. Yeah, we're only looking at Iron Maiden within Iron Maiden. You're right. I mean, you're again, like, you're in Judas Priest, you've got some real peaks in trouble. We're going to do Priest at some point. Yeah. You've got Saxon around at the same time. You know, if you're going for kind of... I think we could do Saxon because I know so little about Saxon. Saxon would be a fun one. I think Saxon would surprise me. I would like to take you through the Mastodon catalogue as well. There's so many bands to do. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe, you know... If you guys can stomach an hour of this, we could do three numbers of the this could, yeah, this is this, this is the numbers of the beast podcast. Now let's just get started. For to start with, Ides of March. I'm not counting because when I did Halloween, things like initiation, irritation, and invitation, yeah. they they are they are instrumentals. They are songs in their own right, but really they're intros. I think the question you've got to ask is: Are they ever going to play that? Other uh, than gig. other than like intro music on yeah. a record yeah. being played, yeah, like Genghis Khan, Transylvania, they might occasionally trot that out. Live. Yes, the Ides of March is not getting trotted out. Live. No, unless it's their walking on stage yeah. music. A bit like Sabaton do the Dead, Ma- yeah, that Dead Maps, Dead Soldiers Waltz. I think it's I called. don't know, but yeah. I'll talk Sabaton. Yeah, so we're starting with Rathchild. Yeah, we're starting with Rathchild. Now these are out of seven, everyone. If you weren't here last week. Um, seven because Halloween's Keeper, the Seven Keys, and it started with Halloween. But these are out of seven. It works. 
Seven being absolute perfection. Seven, every time you go on Amazon Music or other, your chosen provider, you're, you're probably going to consider this song. Yeah. If they miss it out of a live set, they fucked up. Yeah. Um, it's lessened the show because of it. Yes. A seven is a seven is a banger. Um, and I'll reiterate, like if, if we give something a one, it's a one for Iron Maiden. It could still be, you know, it's still going to be better than anything. God, I'm Slipknot are churning out. Yeah. It's a one for Maiden. Um, I don't know what, I don't actually know enough about four, want to insult yeah, them. No, I was going to say, just chuck the name out. Yeah. A four is kind of good for the album. You'll listen, you know, if you're on the album, four you'll snap along song. to it. Four's a good but song. But you're probably not going to go to a four if you're not listening to the album. Yeah. A three is where you're starting to teeter on. You're starting to sit through it. it. Yeah. So, Rathchild, what did you give it? I gave it a five. Holy crap! But, and I think this is, t- and this is the way I tend to look at it, A... Steve Harris is better. Steve Harris. <laughs> Steve Harris is better. But also, it, I think it's quite telling that that's the one they keep trotting out live. It's that little... But we talked earlier, didn't we, before we came on, you listen to it more than... The lyrics are pretty terrible. Yeah, I, I listen to the lyrics and singing more than music, I think. Um, yeah, Rathchild for me is one of those... Like You know, if I'm trying to ex- explain Steve Harris as a bassist... Steve Harris. It's, it's good musically, but that's, that's why I've given it a three. Because the music is holding all of those three yeah. up. Yeah, I'm. I on this one. I think I might have been slightly wow. generous. But no, but you kind of you got to go with your gut. And there's no. Yeah, I I went back to it three or four times this week, and wow, it didn't very much. Wait, so that means we've got a big difference in oh, the end of the album. Getting, yeah, murders in the room org. What did you give it? I gave it a five. You gave it a five. I like murders. Say it loud enough for I, the people at home I to did. hear. Murders in the Room, I basically spent most of the um, wow. most of the last week walking around humming the da 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 Yeah, so am I probably, but that's why it's got a four. It's got a four because of the core, um, because of the verses, I actually really like the yeah. verses. A five's not quite, five's not you're putting so it far away, but I feel old. like a five is a big leap from a four. It's, yeah, this is why we like four the Four and lower, still, yeah. I, yeah, that, those two... I felt wow. a little bit generous, but I think yeah. the rest of the album might have might have bumped them up a little. So bit. I gave Murders in the Room over four. If I didn't already say that, what did you give Another Life? See, I gave that a four. Huh? I give it a I... two. Oh. If it was removed from the album, I feel like the album would probably be better I off. I quite liked, but again, I think it was musically the lyrics in Another Life terrible. <laughs> then it's not so much terrible. Well, no, it's, it's, just... it's dull. Yeah. It's it's just dull, and I I couldn't stop. I know I keep bringing it up, but I couldn't stop. Like whenever I was listening to this, I could only hear the intro to Angel Witch by Angel. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, yeah, we'll do that one album. Yeah. At some point, and then... <laughs> well, I couldn't get over the uh, fact that when I was a kid, this would you have had been everyone the walking around, and this is this is I was a kid in the early two thousands. Every every kind of cool metal I like posers at school would all be wearing. Killers T-shirts, not see, not the not, band. Yeah. They were all wearing like Iron Maiden Killers T-shirts, and I never really got into this album as much as I did um, that later. Twentieth anniversaryish though, probably. I and I, so I, when I started listening to Killers and really listening to it, because I've heard all these songs before, I was just thinking. I, I was actually kind of getting annoyed. They're like, yeah, how could good. everyone think that this 
is so good compared to the, so the much problem other we stuff. have though, and this it comes back to the scale. So that's probably why one of these things made me laugh. have done since. Yes, yeah. Really, because that, like, I think I'm a little bit guilty of being generous because there is a bit of nostalgia. Iron Maiden were my first band. Yeah. And going back to Killers they, was one of the first. They were my first given. band, really, as well. I think my brother bought me um, Brave New World, mm. Demons and Wizards by Demons and I Wizards. See. And Treasure Chest by Halloween and Nordland by Bathory. Those four albums were my first music. Actually, uh, mine were much more like Maiden, but then Deep Purple, Aussie. Oh, okay. So no, I, more in the, I, I went you know, back to Led Zeppelin and things like that. Like yeah. a bigger span of Maybe. Metal. I think because my brother was older than me, yeah. I skipped uncle, some of the stuff. He was seeing Diano when Diano was playing with Maiden. Your uncle, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of where a lot of what about Genghis Khan? I give it a three. I give it a three because it's half as good as Transylvania. I I knocked it down a bit because I think I was slightly harsh on Transylvania and went the, we we've talked I about gave it a six. when I go to instrumentals. I love it. I tend to go like really like muso with the instrumentals. Yeah, I was, mm. yeah. I'd I, rather I made and did. Songs. I probably lean towards inf- instrumentals that feel like they have lyrics. You know how some of them yeah, do? Whereas Genghis Khan clearly is an instrumental. Genghis, yeah. That like, felt like they were noodling about a bit. Yes. Murders in the Room by the way, I didn't realise this. I'd already, I've read it as well. It's an Edgar Allan Poe. I've read that. and But all I could think of was Wasps, Murders in the New Morgue. Yeah. Innocent Exile. I was too generous with it. I gave it a three. I gave it a three and I might have been generous. It's fine though. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's a decent. It's song. another one. The music is much better than the lyrics. The the lyrics aren't bad. Yeah, but the music is. The music is better. better. I've got. I've, I've really not got much to say about it though. What about Killers? Six. You're a goddamn clown. Wait, did this not your six? No. Oh. It's a two. Oh. <laughs> it's a two. It's no, boring. You are a funny. <laughs> because it's okay. the worst song on the album. Oh, you're wrong. It's so dull. Oh. Natural harmonics bit of the stuff, you know, there's like that big build up. Yeah, it's the big kind of bit where he's egg. I think again, though, I tend to think of it in the live kind of context. Yeah, egg in the crowd up, then you get like that's almost a bit like when Joe Satriani used to do the lizard down the neck kind of thing. It's that's so how you are. Moron. I am seriously <laughs> considering quitting the pudding boys. I am, I am so cross. I can't believe you How think you that that is a understand six. That. And remember tomorrow, you said it was like a two. Three. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, oh, it's a seven. But This was hovering on a seven. Wow. After, because, do you know what? I'm, wow. You know, on the, on the way here. Today, you fucking idiot. On, on, <laughs> <laughs> on, you on piece of shit. I've had it on three times between Greg's and here. And I was like, just like smacking the steering wheel and everything. You're a moron. I do you know what I I'm I find it very difficult to argue. I'm not a good debater. No, I'm, none of this is fact. I'm just You're, bad. But at least you've got reasons for why it's a six. You know the intro, the bit. I just put it as a two because it's dull, and I've got nothing else to say about. It. I can't I can't argue that you're wrong. It's, but you are. It's. It's the raw response, I think, for me. And again, it's a bit like we've talked about. We're going to talk about this at length, obviously, because it's a big one. But the run to the hills thing. There's nothing particularly clever going on there. But you know the little hi hat ride at the start, yeah. and you get that little fizz. You know when you kind of 
you jimmy's get rustled when it starts killers does that for, and i've forgotten believe. how much well, i like that you your scores for this are quite high this is much higher than like Iron Maiden, I think you're gonna it's, have. Oh, it comes out about level. All right. Well, let's keep going. Prodigal Son. Prod. Three. Prod. I can't say. Prodigal it. Son. Prodigal Son. Yeah, three. Um, three. Uh, I put three. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. it it's different. It, see, Prodigal Son. I think I'll put in the same bracket as Remember Tomorrow. Really? I'm gonna put them on the same. I'll listen to them at the end of the album, and now, then forget all about them until the next time the album comes out. Purgatory. Uh, I went three. I was hovering on a four. It's a six. You're wrong. It's a six. I'm so not. close to putting it as a seven. Really? It's the only song on the whole album that I would actually say that's a good song. That's a really good song. I hovered over a f- and I purgatory and uh, uh, yeah. I've forgotten what the um because there's almost like two choruses to purgatory. Um, one of them. I forgot what the. It, that doesn't bode well. I have listened to this like 20 times Yeah, see, I, this could, week. I can hum you the whole of Killers <laughs> but, right now. You but it's the only one that I didn't listen to again this morning to double check because I'd, I'd like fully committed. Because I was putting this on in the shower. Oh, that's it. The please take me away. Take me away. So far away. It's so good. Yeah, I didn't fizz. I might, oh. I might be persuaded. And then there's the, the, oh, another time, another please. Like, I feel like that's kind of a pre-chorus and then you've got the please Do you know what, away. though? Purgatory is definitely one of those songs that feels very much more like it would have to be Diano singing it. Well, it's funny you say that. I agree. Because I, I wouldn't hear Bruce singing it as well. But when I heard it for the first time this time, so yeah. last week, this time last week when I first put it on, I actually went, ah, that's an Iron Maiden song. That, it's, to me, it's the first proper oh. Iron Maiden song. It's got all of the tropes that make an Iron Maiden song an Iron Maiden song for me. And it's, that's why I think I put it so highly. I think this is the progenitor of the next ten albums. See, I, th- I think that's why I liked Iron Maiden on the last album. Really? So I don't. It's the Iron Maiden Maiden's almost too punky is, for is, me. Well, yeah, for well, me to course, say that about it, it's kind of getting almost into the realms of Bruce when he comes back. Yeah, I guess so. Well, the chorus, yeah, because when Bruce comes back in Brave New World, it's three three it's, words repeated. It's yeah, it's the title of the song over and over again. Don't get me wrong, that's my favourite Iron Maiden oh, album. Oh, yeah, we're going to have, will, like, bumping I'm going to skew that, that to yeah. be all sevens for a reason. <laughs> we're going to add eight yeah. for the Wicker Man. Oh, eight for the whole album, Dream of Mirrors. Oh. Yeah, Brave New World is, Brave New World is so good. But the choruses are so bad, but I don't care because it's so oh, good. The Bruce's the time bin bag jacket, no, bin bag legs. The car. Oh, uh, oh, I cannot wait to do that album. Yeah, I, can't. I think so we good. might start doing three of this segment <laughs> week so just to get to it quicker. The Drifter, what did you give it? I gave it a four and I think... I, I gave it a four and I think I also was too happy. Generous, yeah. Because I was on a high from Purgatory. So I was, I'm always on a woo! It's a three, four. It's, what did you I'll give it a four. Again? Purgatory, three. You're a fucking idiot. I'm not, gonna, I'm not listening. To, I, I listened to it and it was fine. We are, it's quite, it's quite. The songs in, we go for. Yeah. 
I'll get our, our albums come out around the same. Isn't it weird though? For saying that our tasty music are fairly well aligned, I probably go a little bit well, faster I'm... and heavier. You yeah, go a little bit rockier and. Well, I think I maybe dabble a little bit more um, sludgy and yeah. stonery with things like um, Uncle Acid, Uncle Acid yeah, Red Fang, things more like that. Like not that we talked about. But death I think when we were kids, I think you were always more into like heavier stuff. But I was, now, but faster, heavier. Yeah, I'm into slower, heavier stuff. I, would, I guess. Yeah, whereas you go like I'm red sure, fang and stuff. I, I say, I say heavy. Someone's like, oh, well, I listen to Nile underwater. See, yeah. I used to listen to Nile underwater, <laughs> but like, but like, not. I'm not saying what I listen but to that's is not super what heavy. I to but this I, for. Yeah, but I think because a lot of my sixes have been quite up to killers is an up tempo song. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera is very up tempo. Purgatory is up tempo. Yeah, but it's a weird kind of. Please take me away. Purgatory is almost into the. It almost sounds like you're going back a little bit from Maiden into me into the kind of deep purpley kind of. Really? See, no, I, I, for me, Purgatory is going forward. It's Maiden on the way. So, what's yeah, your total but... score? There are. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Tracks on this album the of because I'm not counting Ides of March. Okay. Um, fun fact that everyone on the internet likes to point out: Ides of March is the uh, shortest Iron Maiden song ever recorded. I do, I've seen that comment on so many like web pages. It's not a fucking song. Uh, no, no, it's, it's an intro for Wrathchild, and it's the best bit of Wrathchild. <laughs> My total score was thirty. Yeah, mine was bigger than that. Mine was thirty-six. So my, my average was 3.33 recurring. Mine's four. We're going to rank these and put them together by combining our two mm. scores. So if you take my 3.33 recurring, I'm just going to go 3.33, plus I your... I think two decimal places is plenty. Is plenty. What's yours again? Just four. Flat four. Out four. Bang on four. Plus four. That gives Killers a 7.33. Can you remember what you had for Iron Maiden? Yeah. 4.13. So, if I go... Mine was 4.25. 4.25. That gives Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden an 8.38. It's quite comfortably higher than Killers. Mm. I think it deserves it. Iron Maiden. I would say Iron Maiden more polarising. Shorter, which we found when we did Halloween, is difficult because a couple of 3.4s... Yeah, shorter albums can really... Can either... Bring themselves up massively yeah, or, or can, can screw themselves over. I am, yeah, I mean, I made them for me. I had two sixes yeah. and a five. Well, I had a seven on Remember Tomorrow and yeah. a six on Transmania. So we should probably just discount everything <laughs> you've done so far. Remember Tomorrow is so good. Don't know but like, I could make a Best of Iron Maiden album and it'd be so much cooler. Nobody would ever listen. You're you could make douche. a Best of Iron Maiden album and it'd be like one of those Roadrunner Best of Slipknot albums. <laughs> I think, yeah. We're Screw really them. ragging on Slipknot today. Mm. Yeah, I do. I often use them as my go-to. I forgot s- about them. Smelly band. A, a but couple of them. Are... I think it's just because there's low-hanging fruit. It's easy to bully new metal. I think that's it. You know, we go back to. I don't know enough. About basically, it, the kids that weren't wearing to. the killer shirt were wearing that stupid. Yeah, we're wearing. Oh, that's another th- fun fact that I found on. Um, <laughs> I love these. I think it might be killers, and that might be why I didn't like it. That's just come back to me. Papa Roach, the new metal band, just straight up stole a riff of from Iron Maiden. It's got natural harmonics in it. 
But uh, Papa Roach that stole the... Riff, made it. Might be on Killers. Oh, it's from Genghis Khan. But I remember that, and so when I was listening to Genghis Khan, I was like, that sounds dumb. Oh, yeah. No, I, I thought, just, a four feels pretty fair. Yeah. It, it's, it, I enjoy going back to I it. Don't, I don't hate your four. I hate your reasons why it I became a four. I can't believe you don't listen to Killers. I can't believe you thought Killers was good. It's Thomas coming in. Where is he? I don't know. He's probably like... He's, <laughs> wait, he's, he's rattling through the radiators. He's in the pipes now. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to have to get the key. Oh, God. I thought we'd banish liquid. Hello, boys! <laughs> You're going to bleed the radiator. And it's me! <laughs> it is I, Thomas Lethbridge, here to bring you the pudding of the week, which, may I say, also needs some kind of intro. If that nonsense about Iron Maidens is getting one, I would like one too. This week's pudding of the week, I'm going to attempt to pronounce in its original Icelandic... <laughs> You're going to have to spit the, uh, the chewing tobacco out before you try it. <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. Haris Grona Greater. That's totally wrong, because it's been a good half an hour since I listened to how to pronounce that. <laughs> rice porridge with boiled rice that is often served with cinnamon sugar and cream or milk. This kind of porridge has sometimes been called Christmas ornaments, whether it's on Christmas tables or other days. Porridge did not become commonplace in Iceland until the turn of the 1900s, but it had been most often made with barley. Sorry for that weird cut, um, Pudding Boy audience. What happened there was our, our equipment cut out annoyingly and we didn't realise. Let's summarise. <laughs> it got... I'll tell you what, actually. Tell, tell the gang... Yeah. What you found, because they would have got Tom explaining it. Yeah, they, they've had most of Tom explaining it. They've got Tom going wrong. Yeah. We, and, uh, in various and, uh, ways. Then Tom... I don't know that one. Thanks, Echo. This Tom... is just a fucking <laughs> disaster. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> As the ghost of Tom just slithered back <laughs> in. So Tom disappeared back through the radiator, um, and he made a fun jingle jangle as he went. Then we were talking about rice pudding and how we like to have rice pudding. We like both like the canned stuff we mentioned in England. We tend to bake it. We make it quite thick and then bake yeah. it. And congeal it. We, we were looking more closely at the Icelandic rice pudding because we weren't really sure, you know, what the big differences were. Yeah. At this point, we've basically come out on, for those that play guitar and use only ball strings, we've come out as a skinny top heavy bottom. Oh. Yeah, so we've the, got some nice, like, fun toppings, some jam, scale, some cinnamon. The scale was the guitar strings, <laughs> yeah. Ernie, Ernie Ball. Ernie Ball. And um, we decided they were pretty fun strings. They're colourful, basically. They're yeah. colourful and they have a bit silly names. Yeah. And I picked this one largely because I can imagine this rice pudding in its Icelandic format. It'd come out a bit heavy yeah. you know, when you have to deliver it back. So I went in and I was saying, oh, it looks like it's, it's often served cold. And we were looking at it a bit more closely. And it, yeah, because I got mad about it being cold. I mean, that in itself for ice pudding seems... I was fine with it, because it's like a muller corner. Muller yeah, rice okay. muller corner. Yeah, fine. Um, muller corner, what flavours do you normally have with that? Oh, I've not had one for years. <laughs> I don't know what flavours you don't have. What? 
Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, th- so we're reading a bit more about it, and it said on this um, this website, which I haven't mentioned to you because it got cut, IcelandicFoodCenter.com. It's a it's a great website, and I was reading a little bit about this pudding, and it said um, how to top it, and we usually have cinnamon sugar on top of the rice pudding and a bit of cold milk. Oh, okay. So it does seem like it's served cold, and it's going to be a bit thinner. Yeah. It's definitely not going to have that skin on top when you cook it. Uh, when you cook it in the oven. Almost always. But feel free to do you. Okay, thanks, Iceland. Caramel, nice. Raisins, nuts. Ooh. I wasn't even mad about the nuts. No, you weren't mad about the nuts this time. Do whatever. Sometimes we opt for cold liver. You see, at this point, this is probably why it cut out, actually. I think the, you might have I, screamed the F word. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably a good job that it cut out because if you're listening to this, uh, we went on a big ramble fish. about fermented fish, whale, shark penis, shark penis. I mean, I'm fairly sure that I... Muller Corners toppings are restricted to like strawberry and apricot <laughs> and fun stuff like that. Yeah, no, I've never had a minced beef and onions. <laughs> And I, I, we would, and we'd still cook that. At least it would be fucking cooked. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, raw liver. Well, we assume it's raw. I or at least buried in the snow was, for was six it months. Harkin that ate a horse's heart or something. So I we're getting back. Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is the kind of shit that these northern Europeans will pull. That's some Game of Thrones shit that yeah. I don't want. To... <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was to to cut a long story short. Um, we changed our minds, and instead of ranking the Icelandic rice pudding on the fun, happy-go-lucky you know, guitar string scale, we um, rated them... As guitar strings made out of dog poo. Yeah, or or cat guts, because it's wrong and you should stop doing it. Don't put liver on your rice pudding, Iceland. Cinnamon sugar, delicious. I might try it. A thin, cold rice pudding, that is a model. Nutella and raisins. Oh yeah, Nutella and raisins will be great. We keep dropping stuff this week. Oh no, it's Uh, like the recorder. Well, the, the recorder dropped the best bit of this episode. So <laughs> Rock fuck you, the recorder. Um, yeah, don't put cold meats on your don't pudding. Don't put cold meats on your puddings. Don't put warm meats on your pudding, you know, if you go back to the tub it got to. But... Unless you're using suet. <laughs> yeah, when you're having some railway cake. Don't put, put it, don't put meat near your pudding. Right, we're going we're gonna to leave it there. Sorry about that weird cut to Pudding of the Week, guys. Where can you find the Pudding Boys? You can find us on YouTube if you search Pudding Boys. You can find us on all good podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music. Uh, Maybe another one? I don't know. And you can find us on Instagram as well. Just search Pudding Boys Podcast. And that way you'll find all the fun artwork that I make for each of these weird episodes. And then we had a bit of a joke about slapping some liver on top of the Killers album cover. Ha 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 ha. You'll see that. Yeah. Bye. Bye.